Okay, we're up to Daf Gimel Amid Aleph, about nine lines into the page. Lema Masis and Deleker of Yoisi. He says the Gemara, I think our mission is not like Rav Yoisi. Now, our mission says, again, if you have two people that are holding on to a talis, it's Yachloiku, you split it. So our mission is not like Rav Yoisi. Now, what is Rav Yoisi and the Rabbanon talking about? This is a sugya um, later on that describes the following case. You have two people that handed someone money to deposit, to watch. One person gave $100, the other person gave $200. The problem is, this guy got $300. One is $100, one is $200. The problem is, they're both claiming that they gave the $200. So what do you do? So the Chacham Shita is, each person gets 100 and the third $100, which is the dispute, put aside for Elio Anobi. Rav Yaisi says the following line. Rav Yaisi holds, Im Ramai. If everybody gets the money that, right, Again, Reuben and Shimon. Reuben gave 100, Shimon gave 200. Or vice versa. They're both claiming 200. So says the Chachamim, okay, each one gets $100, that's rightfully theirs, and the third 100 we'll put aside. Rav Yaisi says, Imkein mahipsed aramai. Then there's no penalty, says Rav Yaisi. Right? If, I'm, if I really am owed $100, and I say, you know what, listen, let me try. Let me try to be dishonest. I'll claim 200. So what's my punishment for, for, being, for trying? It's a lie. I get the $100. I, it doesn't hurt. It, it's like... It's like, you know, it's win-win. You give it a shot. You're dishonest. And you'll, you'll either get it or you won't, but there's no penalty. Says Rav Yaisi, Im Kemen Hisaramis. You know what Rav Yaisi does? All 300 put aside. So the Gemara says, Dik Rav Yaisi. So our Mishnah is not like Rav Yaisi. Why? Ha'amar, because Rav Yaisi, she is, Im Kemen Hisaramis. Rav Yaisi says we penalize them that all $300 are put aside until Yoh Navi comes. Therefore, our Mishnah, which says, Yachleiku, it's clearly not like Rav Yaisi, because if it would be Rav Yaisi, they should put aside the talis at Shiyavayelio. So the Gemara says, okay, so it's not like Rav Yaisi. Who is it? Like the Chachamim. Here's the problem. It's not like the Chachamim either. Why? What's the Chachamashita? The $300, each one gets 100 because they both agree that each one gets 100 The third 100 which is the disputed 100 is put aside for Eliyahu Novi. What would they say in our Mishnah? You know what's the disputed money? The entire talis. So if it follows the Chachamim, the whole thing should also be put aside at Shiyavayelio. Meaning, although Rabbanan Shita is that only the third hundred is put aside for Elio, it's because that third hundred is the disputed, you know, in the Venn diagram, that's the part that's disputed. So in our Mishnah, what's the part that's disputed? The entire Talus. The entire Talus should be put aside. Elamai Rabbanan, even though Rabbanan Shaimunach Elio, Anami Kishar Dei Mesviki. So why is he in the Mishnah? It's not like Rabbi Yaisi. It's not like anybody. Samar says, no, Haimai. I'm not so sure about that. I can think that our Mishnah follows the Rabbanon. Why? Again, the Rabbanon Shita is that each one gets 100, and the third 100 is put aside actually Yav So we're saying that even the Chachamim, although they say that the disputed thing is put aside actually Yav they'll be moida, they'll agree that the entire talus is split. Why? Over there, the third mana, the third $100, it doesn't belong to both. It only belongs to one, for sure. It's either Reuben or Shimon's. We just don't know. So because we're not sure... Put it aside. In our Mishnah, who does the talus actually belong to? It could belong entirely to Reuben. It could belong entirely to Shimon. Or they both could have picked it up at the exact same time. So because there's a chance that Itaka belongs to both, maybe Yachloiku. Meaning maybe our Mishnah could follow the Rabbanon. Either Rabbanon feel that the $300, the disputed $100, is put aside to Shavio. That's because that $100 belongs to, it's binary. It's either Reuben's or Shimon's, but not both. So because they're not sure, put it aside. But our Mishnah, where the talus might have been picked up by both, so maybe the Rabbanon feel, okay, because it's possible, belongs to both, split it. 
because it's possible they both picked it up at the same time. Therefore, you should split it. But our Mishnah cannot be Rav Yaisi. Why? Because again, Rav Yaisi sheet is all 300 are put aside. We penalize them. Eliamir Rav Yaisi, it doesn't make sense. If Rav Yaisi is willing to penalize everybody, see, in that case, you have Reuben and Shimon. Reuben definitely has $100. Shimon definitely has $100. The only the we're not sure about is the third hundred. What does Rav Yaisi say? Everybody loses everything. They penalize everybody. Reuven and Shimon, they take away what's for sure theirs. In our Mishnah, who actually owns the Talos? I don't know. Maybe Reuben, maybe Shimon, maybe both. But I don't definitively know if Rav Yaisi is willing to penalize and take away something that is for sure theirs. Shouldn't he penalize and take away something that you don't even know who's it belong to? In our Mishnah, you don't even know who the Talos belongs to. Maybe it's entirely Reuben's, maybe it's entirely Shimon's. Yossi should definitely penalize and take it away. The fact that he doesn't means our mission is not like Rav Yossi. Samara says, no. I feel the Rav Yossi. Our mission could work with Rav Yossi. Maybe in the case of the Mishnah, with the third hundred, the reason why he penalizes everybody is because there's definitely a liar. Right? Somebody's claiming more money. They're both claiming $200. There's definitely a liar. In our Mishnah, is there definitely a liar? No. Maybe they both picked it up at the same time. Meaning, Maybe the reason why he penalizes over there so ferociously is because he's upset that there's a liar. But over here, there may not be a liar, so maybe that's why he's not motivated to penalize. So the first reason why our Mishnah can be Rav Yossi is because Rav Yossi doesn't penalize in our Mishnah because there's no definitive liar. Secondly, Inami, another reason why our Rav Yossi could work with our Mishnah, even if you hold that our Mishnah does deal with a liar, what would be the case that our Mishnah deals with liars? It says Taisus, the case is where, right, why, how, how is it possible they're not lying? They both picked it up at the same time. What if Reuben says he picked it up on Sunday and Shimon says he picked it up on Monday? Definitely somebody's lying. Still, he could work with our Mishnah. Why? Hasam Kanesle Rav Yaisi the Ramai Kechi Deludi. Over there, Rav Yaisi's um, penalty of taking all money from everybody, it's a big deterrent and it'll stop people from lying. Because you know you're going to lose everything. You're not going to do it. Over here, when it comes to a lost object, what would be the purpose of the penalty? Right, over there, he's penalizing because the penalty would actually be a deterrent. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to potentially lie and try to claim the second hundred if it means losing the 100 I have. But in our Mishnah, would it be a deterrent? I pick up a lost object. Someone else wants it. So he says, okay, he'll lie. What's the worst that could happen? So you take away the lost object. What penalty? It's not like it's... I, I'm not losing money anyway. Maybe the reason why Rav Yossi doesn't penalize in Amish is because there's no purpose in penalizing. It won't work. It's not a deterrent. Meaning in the case of Rav Yossi's case, it makes sense to penalize because you're taking away what's rightfully theirs. That, that, that's a deterrent. In our Mishnah, what's the worst case scenario? So I don't end up with a lost object? Okay, no, no. Not losing money. Says the Gemara, wait a minute. If you remember in yesterday's daf, we said that there's two cases in the Mishnah. One is a lost object, and the second is a purchase. Both purchased an item, both paid $10 for a lamp. One of them gave money willingly, one of them forced money onto the, the store, store owner. He doesn't remember who gave him the money. That penalty would... If let's say the penalty was nobody gets anything and all the money is lost... The $20, the lamp, all put aside at Sheyavaliyo. That would penalize. 
So if you're telling me the first reason, I got there's two reasons why Rav Yossi could work in our Mishnah. One is that he doesn't penalize because there's no definitive lie. Okay. But the second reason was he's not penalizing in our Mishnah because it's not going to work. It's not losing money anyway. It's, it's not a deterrent. That's not true. In the case of Mecca Chumemkar, it is a deterrent. You're right. Scratch that. We're going to stick with the first reason why Rav Yaisi could work with our Mishnah. That the reason why he penalizes over there is because he's a definitive liar. Our Mishnah is no definitive liar, therefore he doesn't penalize. Okay. Now here is the Kasha. We mentioned yesterday uh, Sugya of uh, of Benanis. That the case was that I go to a store owner and I say, hey, I'll pay you $100. I owe you $100. Feed my workers. The next day I get a bill from the store owner. He says that he gave the, that he paid the workers. The workers say they didn't get the money. So the workers want the $100. The store owner wants the $100. Somebody's lying. So Bananas feels we don't make them swear. But let's go to the Chacham. They both swear. And then I pay $100 to each. Let me ask you a question. That's a case where there's, where there's lying. That's a case where it would be a perfect deterrent. Why don't we say all the money is put aside a Shevi Elio? Right? The Rabban and Rav Yaisi agree that when there's money, when there's a liar, we penalize. Now, the Rabban only penalize the third hundred. Rav Yaisi penalizes everything. But why am I, the, why am I paying $100 to my workers and $100 to the store owner? Why don't we just say all the money is put aside a Shevi Elio? Right? You want to penalize liars? There's liars here. So when I said, Bain, the Rabban and Rav Yaisi, the halacha is that the workers swear and get the hundred dollars. The store swears and they get the hundred dollars. Why don't we say that take the two hundred dollars instead of giving it to them, we put it aside to show the yo? Why not? Why is it that Rav Yosi and the Rabbanon are comfortable penalizing in their case, which is Reuben and Shimon give a guy money to watch? One gives 100, one gives 200. They both claim 200. We take the money aside, put it in But how come over there, in the case of the store owner, we don't penalize? So the Gemara says, you know what the difference is? <coughs> I'll say it outside, we see it inside. The difference is, in the case of the store owner, you see, in the case of the, 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 the watchman, say Reuben and Shimon are giving money to Levi. Reuben's trusting Levi. Shimon's trusting Levi. They all know each other. They all give the money, they all make their claim, they make their lies, we penalize. Over here, if you think about it, Ruvain has workers. Right? Shimon is the worker. Ruben goes to Levi, the store owner, and he says, hey, give money to Shimon. Shimon comes the next day and says, I didn't get paid. I didn't get any food. Calls up Levi. And Levi says, I gave him the food. Calls up Shimon. I didn't get it. They both swear, and they both get paid. Why do you say penalize? The reason is because each one did not deal with the other person. Meaning, Reuven is the is the employer. He dealt with the store, right? Shimon is the store. He talks to the store. Uh, the Levi is the store. He tells Levi, "I want you to pay this guy. I want you to give this guy food." The store owner says, "I trust you." Okay. The next day, the the worker claims he didn't get paid. So you know what the store owner says? Why should I lose money? Right? You're penalizing. You're penalizing people because of the claims of people that are not related to them. The, the store owner trusts the employer. The employee trusts the employer. Who's the dispute between? The employee and the store owner. They have no shakers with each other. Why should the store lose? Because that guy, that, that worker, because your worker is a crook, I should lose money? And the worker says, because the store owner is a crook, I should lose money? 
when they both trusted the same person and gave money and lent mo- and asked they both at the same time by the way Reuben and Shimon at the same time that's the case the where they asked Levi to watch the money with the 100 200 that's at the same time they both everyone's sort of trusting each other fine but over here the store owner doesn't trust the employee the employee doesn't trust the store owner so why should they should lose money so the Gemara says the shopkeeper says to the employer I paid your worker. Your worker can lie all he wants. He can make oaths. I don't care. I don't trust that guy. I never went into this business. I trusted you. We had a deal. You you trust this guy. You have to pay me. It's not my problem. And the employee also says, he says to the employer, I work for you. I was entitled to get paid. What do I? So you you trust a shopkeeper to pay me, and he's a dishonest. He could swear he wants. I don't trust him. That's that's the chilek. Okay. So from here until the end of the daf, we're dealing with a concept called moidah b'mixa satayna. Moidah b'mixa satayna means that you're obligated to swear biblically only if you're moidah b'mixas. So if let's say Reuven says to Shimon, you owe me a hundred dollars. And Shimon says, I owe you nothing. You're not obligated to make a Shavuah. But if Reuben says to Shimon, you owe me $100, and Shimon says, I owe you 50 I acknowledge I owe you 50 you're chayiv midiraisa to make a Shavuah. Says Rav Chiyah, Tani Rav Chiyah, Rav Chiyah is a Chiddush. Let's say I say, Reuben says to Shimon, you owe me $100. And Shimon says, I owe you nothing. So so far, no Shavuah deraisa. Reuben brings Edim that Shimon owes 50 So instead of Shimon being moida 50 Reuben brings Adim that Shimon is made fifty. That Shimon owes fifty. Now the fifty dollars that Shimon is still claiming doesn't owe. He has to make a shvur. Meaning moide b'mixes ataina is chayav a shvur deraisa. So too, if you bring Adim, that can prove that I owe you fifty percent. I have to make a shvur on the other fifty percent. Why? So Shimon has to pay fifty. And he has to make an oath that he does not owe the other 50. Why? He's not made of a mixes. Because we don't want to make it that his own admission is more powerful than Edom because of a Kavachayim. Meaning there's a Kavachayim, as we'll see. That if made of a mixes is Chayi then Edom, which are more powerful, are definitely Chayi So if Edom can prove that half of the debt is chayiv, you have to be mishabeya on the other, you have to swear on the other 50%. Now, what's the source that if you can have Edom that are mechayiv 50, you have to make a shvua? So the Gemara understands that our Mishnah is mamish like that. Let me speak it out so we see in a second. What's our Mishnah? Reuben says, Ani mitzasiyah, kulashali. Reuben says, the entire talus is mine. Shimon says, no, the entire talus is mine. Each one is, believes the other guy's a liar. Reuben says it's entirely mine, and Shimon's claim, it's it's not made the mixes. Shimon says, no, it's entirely mine, and your claim, not made the mixes. They both completely disagree with each other. Why is there a shvua? Because there's a rule that there's an Anan Sahadi. Anan Sahadi is that there's a presumption that has the power of witnesses that anything that's in your hands is yours. So Reuven is claiming that it's entirely his, and Shimon claims it's not at all. But... When Reuven is holding on to it, there's an Anan Sahadi, there's a presumption of truth, which has the power of Adam, that that which Reuven is holding, which is half the talus, is his. 
So in essence, Reuven brought Adim that he owns half. Shimon then has to swear. And vice versa. Reuven claims that Shimon's claim is nothing, but Shimon is holding on to half. That's an Anan Sahadi that Shimon owns half. Therefore, Reuven has to claim to the other half. So therefore, the fact that there's a Shvu Adaraisa in our Mishnah, why? There's no Maidu Bimixis. The answer is yes, there is. Because there's a presumption of truth that because each one is holding on to 50%, it's theirs. The Gemara says, Okay, so that's the that's the backs up a riot to Rav Chia. Now again, what did Rav Chia teach? That if Moed mixes a taina, you have to swear. Kavachoymer Edom. So Gemara says, my again, his lashon was we don't want a declaration from his own mouth to be more powerful than Edom. Meaning, if Moedah mixes, which his own mouth is Chayiv, Kavachaymer Edom. Why do you need a Because I'll tell you that, because I could actually argue that your mouth's admission should be greater than Edom, but a Kavachaymer would tell us not like that. What, what would I say? Because you might think, that maybe the reason why you have to make a Shvua by Moedah mixes is not when Edom say it, only when you say it. Why? We've had this before in Baba Kama. What is the svara? What is the rationale that if a person is moided to have to claim, he has to make a shvur? What's the rationale? The rationale is like this. If I owe you, if I lent you $100, and you say, I owe you nothing, I paid back, I owe you nothing. That is a level, I did you a favor. And for you to completely deny it, that is a level of chutzpah, like, probably telling the truth. But if you deny 50%, says Rabbah, the real svara is, you want to just deny it entirely. But that's a level of chutzpah you can't face. Really, you owe me all of it. Now, you wanted to get out of it, but you can't. So really, you owe me all of it. So why don't you just admit to all of it? You admit to half because you don't have the money right now. So you admit to $50. And you think to yourself, you rationalize it. By the time I get $50, I'll tell them the truth and I'll get the rest of the money. So if you denied it entirely, that's a level of chutzpah. Like, whoa. But if you might have mixes, you can't deny it entirely. Like, I did you a favor. You really owe them all of it. Why are you only admitting to half? Because you're trying to buy time. That's Rabbi Svar. Now, if that's the case, then that's only true when you yourself are Maidah. But if I'm denying it entirely, from the beginning to the end, a level of chutzpah probably telling the truth, and Adam come forward and say, I owe half, maybe I don't know. That's not Maidah Mixus. Meaning, if you go with Rabbi Svara in a nutshell, in a vacuum, I would not have to swear when Adam come forward. That's why there's a Kavachaymer, as we'll see in a moment, a Kavachaymer, that if Moedah bemixes, you have to swear, Kavachaymer Edom. So Gemara says, Shalai Temer Kedar Rabbah, Dama Rabbah Rabbah said, Menei Ma'amater, what's the rationale? Moedah bemixes a tiny shavah, that you have to swear when you admit half of half of the claim, because Chazaka ain't other maze, Panam Fenei because we have a presumption that a person would not entirely deny money owed to someone that did him a favor. And therefore, it's possible that he really wants to deny it entirely, but he can't because the level chutzpah he can't face that scene. Go to the next page. So really, it's possible he owes the whole thing. So why doesn't? Why do he only admit to half? It's not because he actually owns half, but he's trying to buy himself time. He's hoping to try to you know give himself some time. He'll say, "Listen, I'll, I'll admit to half, and by the time I'll get some money, then I'll tell him I actually owe the whole thing." Therefore, the Torah says, You have to make him swear because there's a, a possibility he's lying. But that's Svara. 
that svara only applies when you yourself are maida. But if Adam come forward and say that I owe half, but I'm still denying the entire thing, maybe there should not be a chiyav shvu deraisa. Kamash one, why is there a shvu? Because of a kavachaymer. What's the kavachaymer? If your mouth, Adam are more powerful, the kavachaymer should make a make a chiyav shvu. How are Adam more powerful? My kavachaymer. If your own admission, which does not make you pay money, but you have to make an oath, meaning if you admit to part where you don't owe money, but you have to make a shvua, then Aidim, which can make you owe money, right? If Aidim come forward and say you owe money, you have to pay. Meaning, your mouth is only enough to be a shvua, it's not enough to make you pay. Aidim, which make you pay, you have to make a shvua. What does it mean your mouth is not enough to make you pay? Of course you have to. If I come forward and say, I owe you $100, I have to pay you $100. My A person admits, meaning in what way are Aiden more powerful? Because Aiden can make you make, make, make you pay money as opposed to your own admission. That's not true. When you admit, you have to pay money. The answer is Potter. So if you're you see that your own admission is not powerful enough to make you pay a knas, yet... You have to make an oath. So Edim, that if Edim come forward and say, I owe a knas, I have to pay the knas. So Edim can make me pay a knas. Edim should have to make me a shvu. My mom a knas. So that's the rule. So the Kavachayim is basically that Edim are more powerful than your own admission. So the Gemara from here until the end of the daf is going to find examples where your own admission is seemingly more powerful than Edom. Malapiv carbon. What about a chatas? Right, if you come forward and say you did a sin, you have to bring a chatas, your own admission. Let's say Edom come forward and say that you did a sin. And you say, no, I didn't. You don't have to bring a carbon. So that's an example where your own admission is greater, is stronger than Edom. Your whole presumption, your whole premise is that Edom are more powerful that's not true. Not when it comes to carbonus. If you admit to being chayv carbon, you have to bring carbon. Adam come forward and say you have to bring carbon. You don't have to bring carbon. So that's your own admission is greater than Adam's. The answer is not according to everybody. According to a mayor, if Adam come forward, you talk. I have to bring a carbon as well. Rameyu used to say that if Adam come forward and say that you did an Avera, you have to bring a carbon. It's not, as the Mishnah says. Two witnesses come forward and said you ate Chalav accidentally and you have to bring a Chatas. He says, No, I didn't. You cannot be of a carbon unless you admit it. And Rameyu says, No, you are Chayev. Why? Rameir says, if Adam can get you the death penalty, they can't get you a chayv a carbon. Amrloy, the Rabbana responded, The Rabbana say no, because when it comes to a carbon, if let's say Adam come forward and say that you're a, you did an Avera accidentally, and you said, and you say, I did an Avera, but it's on purpose. Are you chayv a carbon? No, because you admit it was on purpose. So you see that a person's admission is stronger. But according to Rameir, if Adam come forward, you're chayv. So Rav Chia, who said that Adam are as powerful, if not more powerful than admission, followed Rav Meir. So what about uh, an Asham? What about an Asham? Meaning, if a person admits to an Asham, he's Chayiv, but if Adam come forward and says that he's Chayiv and Asham, he's not. So you see that Adam are not as powerful. The answer is Asham Hainu Karban. The answer is the same way Rav Meir holds that Adam can be Mechayiv you uh, Katos, they can Mechayiv you Asham as well. What about a Chaymish? 
right? If, let's say you swear under oath and you admit it, you're chayiv a 20% penalty. But if Adam come forward and say that you lied under oath, you're not chayiv a chaymish. So you see that Adam are not as powerful. The answer is Holy Kasha, Rav Meir, Rav Chiyakar Meir. So the answer is the same way. Rav Meir holds that Adam can be Mechayev a Karvan. He holds also Adam can be Mechayev a Chaymish. So if Adam come forward and say that you lied under oath, you will be Mechayev a Chaymish as well. One last point. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good taina. You're saying that Adam are more powerful than admission. But what about the fact that admission is not shayach hazama, meaning if let's say um, I I admit that I owe money, and then Adam come forward and say they prove that I'm lying, and I don't owe money, I have to pay. Or if let's say um, I say that I owe money, and I say that the loan took place on Monday in New York, and then Adam come forward and say, how could you have been Monday in New York? You were in Kansas in Monday. You're still chayiv. So you see that admission outweighs Adam. So Mara says, okay, it's a good taina. So rather, Rav is Svara, which is again, that if Adam come forward and say that half the claim, you're chayiv, then you have to make a shvu on the other side. And what's the Svara? Because we thought it was because Adam are more powerful than, than admission. The Gemara says, no. El-Aisim Eid Echad. Rav Chiyah's Kavachaymer comes from an Eid Echad. Meaning, if an aid echad, male aid echad, she'in mechaiv mamin, if an aid echad says you owe money, do you have to pay? No. But you mechaiv shvua, an aid echad will make you swear, aidim she mechaiv, I say mamin, and it is mechaiv as a shvua. If an aid echad, which is not mechaiv mamin, is mechaiv a shvua, then aidim, which are mechaiv mamin, kavachoyim, and mechaiv a shvua. So it's learned that from an aid echad. Meaning, Ruvain says to Shimon, you owe me money. Shimon says, no, I don't. Ruvain brings an aid that he owes money, he has to make a shvua. So too, if an Eid Echad can make you Mechayev Shavuah, Kavachayim in our case. Again, what's our case? Reuven says to Shimon, you owe me $100. Shimon says, I owe you nothing. Reuven brings Adam that Shimon owes the first 50. Then Shimon now has to swear on the second 50. Why? Because of Kavachayim. If an Eid Echad is Mechayev, Shnei Adam, Kavachayim. The Gemara ends off with this. Mali Eid Echad shekin al-mashu meyed hu nishba. Tarim ve'edim shal mashu kofru nishba. The Gemara says there's one last point, and it's a bit of a problem. You're learning out the Chiv of Shavuah by Moedim and Mixes, by Edim, from an Eid Echad. It's not exactly the same, why? Reuven says to Shimon, you owe me $100. Shimon says, I owe you nothing. Reuven brings an aid that says, Shimon owes him $100. So Sh- now Reuven testifies, now the aid testifies about the $100. Force, the single aid, forcing Shimon to have to testify and say, no, I don't owe. But at least Shimon and the aid are testifying about the same thing. In this case, though, Reuven says to Shimon, you owe me $100. Shimon says, no, I don't. Reuven brings Adam that the first $50 Shimon owes, those $50 he owes. But now he has to swear on the other 50, the 50 that the Adam are not testifying about. You see, by Eid Echad, that which the Eid is testifying about, the person has to swear. There's an overlap. You're testifying, I owe A, B, and C. I have to now swear about A, B, and C. But in this case, the two Adam are saying, I'm Chayiv A which is half the claim. I now have to swear about B. I, I'm not swearing about what they claim. There's a separation between the claim and what I owe. That's separate. That's different. So how do you know that just because an Eid Echa can be Mechaev Meyeshvua, because the Eid Echa is Mechaev Meyeshvua, I'm addressing the thing that he says I'm Chayev, I have to I have to dispute. 
But the two Edim, they're saying, I'm Chayiv on the first half. I now have to respond to the second half. It's not the same at all. That's that's the Gemara's point. So you can't learn out from Yedecha because that, that point is, uh, is of contention. I will right, we'll stop here.